Welcome to the Pilgrims Digress. We are the Pilgrims in Question Digressing. I am Zach. This is the one and only Mr. Sagacity, the sage one whose spiritual gift is uh, predictably sagacity. It's yeah. a little right on the nose. Yeah. So, and doing bad walking impressions. So It's good to be back. Yeah. So here, let's just fill people in a little bit here. We went to, mm. together for the gospel, True. the last one. The last one. Uh, we got a lot of books. We did. I got, uh, what did I get? Uh, COVID uh, from, <laughs> from the conference. So there was that. Um, free of charge. Free of charge. <laughs> you know what? This All that singing with all those people was worth it. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, especially for you because you didn't get it somehow. Here I am yeah. over here. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. And I am mm. infected by the, by the, the crew there. Uh, but also, well, there, <laughs> first of all, I had plans... That and you were skeptical. Mm-hmm. I had plans that we were going to record this. Yeah, and we were going to do that after on the trip. I finished editing uh, uh, the the somehow I'd finish editing chapter seven. <laughs> You'd listen to it. Yeah, and then we would record this in like our hotel room, which wound up being a suite because we registered late, so we were living large. We were like Mister Worldly Wise Man and his son Civility. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were. But none of that happened. Yeah, newsflash. Not a bit of it. Yeah. Not even a little. Not yeah. even at the beginning. Because when every time we got back to the hotel room, we were wiped out by sitting and listening to amazing preaching all day. Or hunger. Or hunger. And yeah. yeah. Well, there's a whole Survival. story there. Uh, and then there was also some guerrilla marketing going on. Yeah. That's true. And, I, and we actually maybe want to greet people who are joining us now as a, as a direct result of the guerrilla marketing, uh, because I had printed up before we left 200 little square cards, mm-hmm. full color, that had the Pilgrim's Progress podcast logo on the front, a QR code on the back. You yeah. could scan. Boom. You're listening to the, the podcast. They were nice. I, I said to you, how much are you going to make fun of me for this? Mm-hmm. And you said, I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. And yeah. then you flipped on it and said... It's a great idea. It's a good idea. And yeah. I was thankful for that, for that. But then when we got there, yeah, there wasn't many surfaces that weren't already bought and claimed and paid for by actual sponsors. Right. <laughs> so what I started doing, well, at first I would put them on trash cans in little stacks. Yeah. And then I realized they were disappearing so fast, they were just being thrown into the trash can by, yeah. by conference staff. So <laughs> I, started, I started getting, you know, we'd be in these huge crowds. I call them super spreaders, if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, in retrospect, at yeah. the time I wasn't thinking of those uh, them in those terms. Uh, <laughs> I I would find myself near someone's backpack. You and I were the only people there without a backpack. Yeah. And if there was any open compartment of any kind, <laughs> or you know, kind of a little little sag, a little sagacity a little sag. to the uh, the water bottle netting mm. on the side. Yep. I would pop a card in. And I, I, I want to, do you think I got quite good at, from like 18 inches away, I'd toss one of those things and I was, I was sinking them, nothing but netting <laughs> yeah. again and again. It might've been the most impressive thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may have also taken a stroll through the bookstore and stuck one of these cards into any book that looked like it had any relevance whatsoever to Bunyan, The Pilgrim's Progress, et cetera, which was lots of books that together for the gospel. It's hearsay. It might have been us. It, it, or it might have just been not fans me. of the program. Yeah. It might have been us. And by that, I mean not, <laughs> not me. Because, uh, yeah. Ah, oh, all right. So anyway, that's uh, a little, to catch you up where we've been, where our hearts are. Uh, what, what hill difficulties we've been climbing. <laughs> Hills difficulty, not yeah. hill difficulties. Yeah. Whoppers Jr. <laughs> all right. Um. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this episode. First of all, I like to always tell people how I might have changed up the order of things a little bit, how it might differ from how you remember reading The Pilgrim's Progress. And the only way it's going to differ, I believe, this time is I've taken stuff, once again, from the later catching up that happens between Christian and Faithful and tried to put it together chronologically. And in doing that, I found it very difficult because they have to be Faithful has to go by the, the Palace Beautiful while Christian's there. Right. And so that means all this stuff with Moses chasing him and beating him down and Christian coming back for the scroll has to be happening at the same time. Right. Which makes you go, how did they miss each other? Which I took a stab at, mm. how they would have missed each other, uh, which makes it kind of frustrating. This is 
spoiler, not the last time yeah. they're going to narrowly miss each other. But be assured, listener, they will eventually find each other uh, and, and be a great source of strength and encouragement to each other. I added the little dream sequence of, of mm. him, you know, feeling kind of trapped. Dream like, in a dream. Yeah, dream within yeah. a dream. Yeah. Did, did I tell you my plans for the app? No. This is the first time hearing you this. This is what I want to do. Yeah. When, at least when the whole thing's done, but maybe even right after part one is done. Yeah. I got a friend who has made apps for the church and, and some other things. Brilliant guy and is also a patron for this podcast. Uh, he also made these super cool, these super cool coasters. What a soldier! Yeah, he would. Well, yeah. you, you'd love this guy. Uh, I'm sure I would. Yeah, it, it, we should all get together sometime. And uh, it, so he uses a laser. When I say laser printer, I mean it uses lasers to burn things. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is really cool. Which is awesome. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a. I don't know. You, you know how like in, in shows people have like a friend who's like a genius, and you're like that guy can do everything. Like he can hack computers, but he can also soup up that Mustang, or he can. And, and it, yeah, this he's is this like guy. That guy, yeah, he's just like I don't know if he can do you know that, but like he, he can he can do lots. We so, need one of those on a bench, I think. We've got our, one. Our bench is not deep. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, I've been talking to him about uh, you know what what it would take uh, to to hire him to do an app. Where people can just, if you're not a podcast person, I think people hear podcast and they think, mm. oh, that's not something I do. Right. And, and it seems like, like not that they're, they're thinking they're not smart enough to do it. They just think it sounds like a hassle. I want to have an app in the store, Play mm-hmm. Store, iTunes Store, called High and Silver Presents the Pilgrim's Progress. It down, you download it and you've got menus that are like, boom, oh, listen right. to the whole thing. Boom, listen to all the digresses on this one. Oh, nice. On this one, probably after we're done with all this, I'll put some of the stuff that's patron-specific, oh, okay. you know, into into this uh, so everyone can access it, like, way later on. Um, and then maybe, like, also, you, you know, tab this other thing, and you can read, you know, oh. a, a public domain version with illustrations, you know, stuff. So, because uh, there's Gutenberg uh, sure. versions out there that kind of like a one-stop shop. So The Chosen did this, where you just download oh, yeah. an app, boom, you can watch it. And I thought that worked so well. Mm. Maybe that's something to try. Uh, if you have thoughts on that, drop us a line. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm all over the board, dude. I've had so much <laughs> caffeine today. I, I, I keep convincing myself that's the thing that will get me all the way better. Hmm. I want everybody to know I'm not in danger of... I mean, if you were going to get sick from me, it would have happened like when we spent roughly 98 hours straight together. But like, yeah. I just had that lingering, that lingering fog... Mm. I hope it's not the long game sickness that people have been getting. Mm. And I don't know. I, just, I feel like I'm I'm slower. I'm a little bit less energetic. So I keep on just downing downing the shots of espresso and, and everything. Um, it's going to affect my performance here is why I tell you, dear listener. Where was I? Dear listener. <laughs> you already got to the chapter. <laughs> I, think you were, I think you were saying something about Twitter. I think you and I can be reckless with how these are recorded because they get more... They get more listens than the actual chapters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so people want... They, they want, want reckless. They want reckless. They want reckless. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Twitter, we're uh, at Pilgrim's Prog Pod. Uh, and then on Facebook, we're... Just look up... Uh, I think it's just Pilgrim's Progress Podcast. Facebook.com slash Pilgrim's Progress. And then uh, on Patreon, it's just slash Pilgrim's Progress. And that will be uh, a way that you can connect with us. And if you want to drop us a message... Especially if you want to say that you thought Mr. Sagacity uh, kind of veered into full heresy. Mm. Or, uh, I do it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Just hit us up at pilgrim at highendsilver.com. High, H-I-G-H, and uh, standard spelling. Sil- <laughs> silver.com. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the, uh, the scriptures then behind this stuff. Near the very beginning, or at the beginning, Adam the first approaches faithful. And he tells him, I've got a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. You come down to my house and dwell with me. You marry my daughters. Yeah. This is a weird guy. All three of them. Yeah, you just marry him. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, he just he just pitches it that way. In, you know, Bunyan's got him saying, marry my daughters. you got the lust yeah. of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Um, you know, we were hippies when we named them or something. <laughs> and uh, give me some grandchildren and you will be my heir when I die. And I, you just need to live with me as long as I'm alive. Then you get your inheritance and you can, you know, you'll be set. Hmm. So here are some of the texts we have from, from some of these early editions of the book. 
for I am Adam the First from the town of Deceit, uh, which, again, you have to suspend disbelief, first and foremost, I think, with this, <laughs> in that no one is, like, cued yeah. by that. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, even in Bunyan's, you're like, okay, he gets that the City of Destruction is definitely telling that it's called that. Right. And sometimes he's like, Faithful says, oh, yeah, sounds deceit. Okay, yeah, sounds like a nice place to live. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to, ex- and, and I think it's fitting because people today will hear the scriptures say exactly this and say, mm-hmm. huh, interesting. I wonder where that, what, what's the story behind that? It could mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it, it fits that, that there's this level of just like intentional ignorance and denial mm-hmm. in people. Uh, and, and so this is the text there. I'm reading off the Palm Pilots. Because none of the other technology would work. Isn't that true? Uh, this, the mouths of two or three witnesses. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Ephesians 4.22. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Uh, the King James likes to talk about the old man, which fits better here mm-hmm. when we got not one but two old men attacking faithful. Right. And he's going to put them, put them off, put them to death. That winds up being engraved on this guy's forehead. Right. That is one of the sections of the Pilgrim's Progress I thought was sloppiest when mm. I first read it as a ute. Because uh, how does it fit? Like, it, he's walking around with this thing branded into his forehead. Right. I mean, if you're going to have... Not to not to become a critic, but if you're going to have a an allegory, mm. and you're like, oh, gosh, how do I fit this in? Oh, I'll just write it on the guys. And there's a few other things. Like someone, uh, I think, turn away or somebody has some uh, paper on his back. Right. And stuff. All right, whatever. It's still a masterpiece and and, and amazing. Uh, I tried to like... His head gyrating or something. I got his head like waggling little, while he yeah, talks. Waggling. You know old guys who do that? I know um, some old guys who they kind of wag their head while they talk. No, I don't. I, I don't, I don't huh. think so. Well, you know what? When I get older, I'm going to start doing it and I'll point it out. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> But but I had him say, you know, like, look, I also have the mark, like yeah. you do. Uh, we're both, we've both been branded at the cross. Uh, and, and then for him to finally, like, kind of stop hmm. moving and he gets a good look uh, and recognizes, wait a minute, God is speaking to me even through hmm. this old guy. Uh, put, uh, put off the old man, the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And then just tells him... Uh, here's your one chance to leave or I'm going to kill you. Mm. And that sounds harsh. But in this allegory, there is no other proper thing for him to do but to kill the old Adam, right? Right, yeah. Well, especially with how completely deceitful, encouraging him to put all of his treasure where moth and rust destroy. Right, you know, yeah. You know, come here, come marry my daughters, and that's all going to be wonderful, and then I'll die, even though I'm ancient and I haven't died. Right, <laughs> but after I die, you'll get everything that I have, um, and and forsake all of these other greater promises. Forsake all this, you know, uh, all these greater joys that you've been promised. And it's it's interesting that he's at least honest enough to um, faithful is at least honest enough to say that it sounds tempting. Right, right. That yeah. sounds tempting. That sounds interesting to me. I've already gone by the cross. I've been mm-hmm. delivered. So my options are probably open to me. Maybe I spend some time here. Well, why, you know? right, right. Why, why not? not wait? Why not wait? I'd like to have a wife. We already kind of seen that his his problems and his falls tend to be in the sexual category. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, you know, if you burn with lust, you know, take a wife. Or three. They, or, or, or three. Yeah. And, um, you, know, you know, what's so wrong with taking a break? What's so wrong with, you know, lying down and losing your scroll? Yeah, so the, uh, the theme kind of of both mm. of these guys, and I don't, I think Bunyan, to to kind of make up for my earlier critique, I think he must have, maybe even subconsciously, had in his mind these themes that are simultaneous chronologically, but separated in the narrative, in his narrative, like legality. Mm. isn't sussed out at the same time, but one of them going to the hill... And then one of them having Moses come to him. And then and then uh, here, it's definitely not being on your guard. Um, you're, not, you're not staying awake and alert. And, and maybe being willing to give in to, well, just a little, a little rest, a little shutting of the eyes. And there's, these things are happening simultaneously. Hmm. But they're 
doled out to the reader of Bunyan's work very far apart in the text. I, again, I'm not going to say that I think it's inspired, hmm. but I think it's inspired. Yeah. Lowercase I. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's a really brilliant work. Without a doubt. Uh, and so, yeah, the, what do you think this looks like in the life of somebody who just uh, has come to faith recently and the old Adam comes knocking with the... Now, he's already faced, before he got to the cross, the serpent's strategy of Satan, followed immediately by the mm. lion. And then here in this text, we get the serpent, followed by later literal lions. Mm. Um, but, you know, in this case, it's it's very much a seductive offer made to a new convert. What, what does that look like played out in non-allegorical I think life. I think that's the temptation to have those sinful holdovers in your life. Identify those things that you could keep and you could maybe justify inside of religion and you could say, "Oh, this is this is a good thing. Even if I'm not using it properly, I can twist it. You know, mm-hmm. twist it just right. Redeem it. Re- right, right, right. Redeem it. Um do life with it. It's freedom, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You're yeah. calling you're you're using your freedom for license, which is something Yes. Uh, I believe Peter uh, tells us to be very careful to avoid. Mm-hmm. But when it's new to you, you know, especially this guy, he's been hounded by and is about to be hounded further by and pounded by uh, yeah. the law. Mm-hmm. And when he's kind of got this taste of, oh, the law isn't, you know, weighing down on me anymore. Right. Then the enemy can move to the other, you know, the, the judo move of using your momentum yeah. and say, oh, yeah, let's go all the way into... You know, things that are definitely sinful, but mm-hmm. say you've got freedom in Christ. All things are permissible. Right. And and that's a, a danger. And if you have, uh, especially if you have a mature Christian with you to bounce these things off of, you know, if he was able to just turn and say to Mr. Greatheart or someone, mm-hmm. hey, what should I do with this offer? And the right. guy says, uh, well, probably kill the man making it. Yeah. Because that's the old Adam. Yeah. Problem solved. Um, but he solves it himself anyway. Because he, 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 he's given, I think he's given in this allegory, truth from the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's what that is when he sees the thing the writing on his forehead. He's looked close enough at the guy. And he, maybe he almost kind of reads his his thoughts and his motives. Hmm. That this, this offer has strings attached. You're going to sell me as a slave. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back with you. I'll have my tux on. I'm ready for the wedding and everything. And you're just <laughs> going to sell me as a slave. Uh, and he says, certainly I am. And grabs onto him. And you've got to be, he realizes really quick. Oh yeah, this is a war. Mm. He's forgotten. Well, and and I, I think of a lot of the words of Jesus, especially later on in his ministry, this call that this is a time of, you know, awakeness. This is a time that we are awake. We are not asleep. Uh, we are supposed to be watchful. You know, you know, we, we have we have ears to hear and eyes to see um, it, this 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 kind of deceit working um, through the enemy and through, you know, false gospels and through our own sinful flesh that this is a, a dangerous place. We're on a foreign land. This isn't this isn't someplace that we can afford to get comfortable. This is like in a military campaign somewhere where you move through quickly because it's dangerous um and 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 you could die here yeah well and and when you say here you're talking about this land where we are pilgrims and sojourners and you know it's one of those things where you you think about this as an individual where you're like yeah i mean i am to some degree comfortable here Mm. and so was jesus when he went and took a nap in the belly of the boat you say yeah we're, we're talking about two different things one is a spiritual alertness, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. The other is, I mean, even when there were sojourners and aliens and exiles in mm-hmm. Babylon, God said, work for the good of that city. They got comfortable there. They yeah. got too comfortable and yeah. it became the downfall of many of them. But Daniel was plenty comfortable. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't eating all of the king's meat. He was yeah. eating vegetables. He wasn't following all of the king's laws. He was defying some. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to it, either be comfortable or be faithful, he said, Got to be on guard. Got to be faithful. Right. Throw me in the lion pit. I don't go for it. And mm-hmm. and that's I think it's like oh I uh, you know what I'm just gonna say it. It's like I, I I like to say this with with your kids in parenting. This whole don't be your kids' friend. Be their parents. Hmm. And I go you know what my my son and I are very good friends. 
Uh, I think it, it's important that he doesn't have any brothers or sisters. His parents be his friends. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to, am I going to be your parent or your friend in this moment? Right. The danger is defaulting to, well, let's just be, I'll be the cool parent. I'll be your friend. No, yeah. no, no. When it comes to that choice, I've got to be the parent. Yeah. Every single time. And when it comes to the choice of being, uh, am I going to be comfortable in this world? Or am I going to be faithful to God? Much of the time, you can do both. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the default knee-jerk response to, boom, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be uncomfortable. Maybe I'm even going to lay down my life. It, faithful is learning that lesson, and it's going to come back. Well, especially as soon as you see that it's sin. And and it's and it's and um, I think it's cool that you can see some real growth in him from his response with Wanton, where he's sucked into it. Right. And he allows her to get close and he allows himself to start thinking, they oh, well, together for a while. right, right. Oh, oh, this is something that I could give into. And yeah, you know, you're right. This path is going to be here tomorrow or the next day or the next month or on my deathbed. These are all viable ways to live my life still. Um, and then after having that experience, being just barely making it out of it, being saved, being resent out through the gate, and then now there's a sharper, more critical look at the dangers, the very, very real, real, real dangers that he's going to continually come across on the road. I, I think that's I think it's a really important moment of character growth. Not falling into the same besetting sin over and over and over again and setting up that pattern for yourself where it's going to constantly keep you down and you're going to constantly feel like you're fighting for your life um, right, you you're know, barely keeping your head above barely, water. Yes, um, he is. He is tempted because that's how we grow an inch yes. at a time. Yep. But there is a little progress, and he probably is open at this point to a temptation to despair. Like, look, you're not making any progress. Right. And again, if he had somebody with him yep. to say, "Look back, remember Wanton? Remember how easily she almost ended you? And and now remember how? Look at this. I mean, you you." Almost bought into it for a second, and then you you told him, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I'm going to mortify the flesh. And then you set about sending him running. It's it's a uh, inch at a time a lot of the times. Uh, let's, let's talk about his daughters. Uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That comes from 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride in possessions. This has become the standard way to divide up the temptations that Satan brings to Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life with the uh, three, turn the stones into bread, um, throw yourself off of right. the pinnacle of the temple, and then bow down and worship me. Uh, kind of these three things standing in for anything you might give in to. Of course he's going to tell him marry all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more of my daughters you marry, the better it is for my agenda. Mm. Uh, that, that's a pretty clever uh, way, I think, for him to, to put this, that he has these three daughters I mean, think of the, the first three children of Adam you think of, Cain, mm. Abel, and Seth, right? But right. but he says, no, no, let's focus on let's focus on these three daughters. Mm. That's a that's a cool twist on it. Mm. He says, even though he wins this fairly easily, wins this interaction, and is not led away into destruction and slavery. In Romans seven twenty four, uh, we read, "Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" And those are the words that Faithful says to himself as he's walking away. Oh, wretched man! And this also connects hmm. uh, this later catching up with Faithful to the what, what's going on in the moment with Christian. Both of them, in the course of these events, say of themselves, "Oh, wretched man that I am," uh, and "Oh, wretched man that I am" is not high self-esteem talk. Hmm. It's not popular today. Uh, I know that you said you were at a church recently that had a message emblazoned on all of the uh, yeah <laughs> the walls. Sure did. Counter to this, what yeah. does it say? Deny yourself? No. <laughs> it said uh, it just said affirm. Affirm. Just okay. affirm. I think there's a big gap between this popular modern day notion of affirm yourself and everything you find in yourself because if God didn't put it there, it wouldn't be there. Hmm. And what Jesus says, deny yourself. And what Paul says, wretched man that I am. The things that I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want. He, he sees what's inside of himself, not as the, the solution, but as the problem. He looks outside of himself to the cross and finds the solution. I mean, I was going to say that's the difference between between wretched man that I am and affirm is, uh, is the cross. And what's found there, who's found on it, 
and what that teaches you about yourself, who you really are at the end of the day. You're not this thing to be worshipped. You're not this thing to be held up and propped up and gawked at and looked at and shared and liked. You, Christ was held up to be looked yes, to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and 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 how much more valuable is he than than me? You know, certainly than 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 anyone else. Um, uh, so the difference being, I think that you know, faithful and Christian have the ability to look to Christ and see what's real, what's it's who's who's actually valuable. Paul has the ability to look to Christ and go, this is a way surpassing value. And I'm going to waste my time with whatever he was struggling with at that time. I'm going to, I'm going to give into the temptations of the flesh again. You know, that's, that's a message that'll make you hate your flesh. Well, what's funny to me is that all these centuries ago, hmm. already read, read the whole of Pilgrim's Progress, a third to a half of the people encountered are peddling the message hmm. of firm right. back then. Uh, yeah. And it, that was the great temptation. That was a temptation at, you know, in Eden. Right. As you read that narrative, you go, okay, what is he saying? He's saying you find in yourself a hunger for this. God says not to, but, you know, what he really knows is that that's the key to unlocking your, your true potential. Hmm. Becoming like God, knowing good from evil, all this. And, and so if you stop denying yourself and just gratify the flesh and go with it, right. you're going to unlock this superhuman you and that's the promise that's made again and again to Christian and faithful and hopeful and Christiana, I mean, throughout this whole book and her and her boys. And by and large, it's not successful, but it does find some success wherever they, I mean, even that, isn't that even, I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, but when they get to, I've decided I'm going to call Bypath Meadow, Bypass Meadow, okay. because Bypath Meadow sounds like. Somebody with a lisp saying bypass meadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it, <laughs> it's like a retirement home or something. Yeah. But when they go yeah. through there, there's the inherent promise that you just give in to the desires of the flesh, which is for ease in this moment. And that will be for you a shortcut past all of this suffering and all of these things. I mean, it's, that's kind of the grid, I think, that we see these characters operating in, either being faithful or being comfortable, either living in the flesh or living in the spirit, uh, either uh, gratification hmm. now that isn't even satisfying and is fleeting or delayed gratification and eternal life. And, and I guess I'd never thought about it in those terms, but that's, that, that is a incredibly common theme throughout the entirety of the Bible. I think, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Joseph, I'll be with me now. Here's this, here's this instant gratification. It would feel nice. It would, it would be, be wonderful. And, oh, you're not going to conform to that. You're not going to affirm that. My needs, my wants, my this, my that. Well, you tried to rape me. There you go. You bow down and worship this, you know, golden statue of me. And everyone does. Right. And they don't. Oh, to the furnace with you. You know, um, I'm sure if you sat and thought about it, you could think about this again and again and again and again. Oh, and for again. sure. Yeah. Like uh, even, uh, you know, bringing G- the, the, the apostles before the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to uh, Timorous and Mistrust. These two guys that Christian encounters as they're running away from mm-hmm. the top of the hill, and he's headed toward the top of the hill. Uh, apparently, there's the thought that these guys are modeled after uh, a couple of guys Paul mentioned. Second Timothy one fifteen. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Uh, so just people turning away, people who hit the limit of what they can endure. Hmm. Maybe hit the limit, kind of, not to force anything from the last conversation, but uh, the limit of how much they'll endure with the promise of mm. some later reward. Uh, Judas seems to have kind of hit that limit to right. some degree. Who is it? Uh, Demas, who loves the world. Right. Yep. Uh, which we'll, we'll get to him actually on the Pilgrim Road. They're timorous. They're, yeah. they're shaky. They're, they're not ready for this. They didn't know what they signed up for. Yeah. And, and especially with someone like Distrust... And Timorous, if they got to the top and they saw the lions and they heard the same call given to them and because they're distrustful and because, you know, that that's the limit. Oh, I, I don't believe that they're shackled. Hmm. This guy's lying to me. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe maybe they were shackled at one point and they're not anymore. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, this is where I turn away, where you can have these promises put before you. You can have these promises of God. You can have these words of Jesus that he will be with you always to the end of the age. And then 
just you reach that point, that's not good enough. Yeah, you become yeah. cynical about these yeah. about spiritual things. It's very popular right now to be very cynical about spiritual things. Well, look at our world, Even right? Look Christians, at our, yeah. right? Look at our problems, and then you give in to the you know temptation that Jesus told you not to give into, hearing rumors and giving into them and this and that. No, oh, surely this must you know this is the fall of Christendom, and because yeah, this has never happened before. Yeah, right. No, never <laughs> yeah. before. Everything's been sunshine and roses mm-hmm. and rainbows until now. Yeah, and and uh, the the fear at the sight of the lions, I think, is a direct reference to. And get this, Proverbs twenty two thirteen and Proverbs twenty six thirteen. Yeah, both the very same words. The sluggard says, "There is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets." So the sluggard wants a reason not to have to get out of bed. He's fixed to his bed like a door to its hinges. Hmm. And so when he turns over, it's like this big deal. like And that's his movement. Yeah. Uh, and someone says, well, let's go be industrious. Let's go be productive and do something. And he says, no, 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 no. Haven't you heard? I heard somebody say something about there's a lion, yeah. there's a lion in the streets and, and imagines reasons not to go. This isn't a hill. This is a mountain. Yeah. You yeah. Know, right. Just to, you can't climb that. This yeah. And they, but these guys have climbed it, is the thing right. about them. Like, they went yeah. through, but then they saw, and my impression is they saw the lions, and I, I don't know, in my mind, Porter, the Porter is watchful, he's watching, he's he's aware of who he's dealing with, and when he sees Christian take a step forward, see the lion, grab his scroll, and take another mm. step forward, he goes, okay, this is a pilgrim. Mm. I'm going to call out to him and give him the information, because uh, it's a test of faith for those who have none mistrust and uh, timorous see the lion turn mm. around and run and the porter's like ah, 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 okay well they're gone right, now. Right. Uh, and, and they see him and they they've been waiting for a reason yeah. right they, they, they don't want to climb another hill and they know there's another one after this mm. they've been waiting for a reason to run away so that when they get back and people start dogging on them like they did on uh, pliable he can say listen buddy we went really really far and there are lions. What would you have done? Yeah. Right now they've got a reason, you know, the deniability of, it's not that they failed to count the cost. It's that they were surprised by. By what they found. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't what they were promised, hmm. you know, which was uh, Primrose Path. Uh, and of course, along the very same lines, Proverbs 6, uh, also talking about the sluggard. Go to the ant, ye sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which is what the, the shining one comes up and says to Christian while he is sleeping in the arbor and wakes him up with a start. Mm. And he goes, oh, no, I've slept away the best part of the day and I've got to get up and really haul. Mm. And, you know, Bunyan then tells us as he gets up that he leaves his scroll behind, which he shouldn't have done. He should have waited and revealed that later, but we'll give him a pass because he's inventing things as he goes. Uh, And he's dead? Well, I don't so much care about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got a list of things, of grievances with different people I want to bring yeah. up. Yeah. Every time I read anything theological, I write a list of things that I'm going to pester them about in glory. That sounds healthy. I'm allowed to bring just that list with me. Just that list, yeah. So Christian will not let himself off the hook as he notices that he doesn't have this thing. Because he hasn't even seen... Does he see the palace beautiful before? I don't think he does. He, doesn't, he hasn't seen the palace. He hasn't seen the lions. He hasn't seen anything. He's just almost to the top. And he recognizes, I don't have my scroll. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling. I know yeah. that feeling when you're like, oh, no, I forgot the thing I need. Yeah. In fact, we were talking about this on the way to the airport through T4G, yeah. how I was about 40% sure we would get almost to the airport, which was an hour from our, our home because we flew out of Grand Rapids. And I was going to go, I don't have my armband. Um, not armband. That makes yeah. it sound like some kind of really problematic <laughs> gathering. <laughs> it's just like one of those jelly bracelets yeah. that says together for the gospel, which was your ticket in. I found out later you could have just gone up and got a new one from the, the thing. But, like, mm. I could see that. Uh, I went, uh, I actually drove to bring back some keys to my dad an hour away. And I was a few minutes from home and I didn't have those keys. And I'm like, I could have seen myself getting there Oof. and not having them. And there's that panic mm. that it hits you. The more you do this and forget things, like I do, the more familiar you are with the panic. I yeah, imagine you're not as familiar as I am. Yeah. He's got that because this is so much more important than any of that stuff. His scroll, which has not only been his comfort when he's been, you know, struggling and afraid and stuff, but it's also, it's by his, his understanding. It's his armband. Yeah. Yeah. And again, by that we mean jelly bracelet. Yeah. This is, this is interesting to me. And it's been said, present this at, at the gates to, the, at the celestial gate. But his understanding is I need this or I won't get in. 
yet his scroll, or his roll, as it's called in, in Bunyan's uh, original, it's it's his assurance. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that without perfect assurance, someone can't uh, inherit eternal life. Like, I mean, that that there are traditions that emphasize, you can know for sure 100%, and overemphasize it to the point of if you said this prayer or if you had this one religious experience, you know for a fact when the scriptures say work out your salvation in fear and trembling, then there are on the other side of the equation churches that not only way underplay but even say that, you know, to say that you know you have salvation right. is the sin of presumption. But in the middle, there's all these different, you know, traditions and people and, and temperaments. Some of these people are going to come to the gates I, I mean, by this rendering, no one will ever be a little bit pleasantly surprised that they made it in and go, you know, like, and, and I get that mm. because if you, you're facing Christ or it's not, mm-hmm. but if you've been tempted to put your faith in yourself so often that your, your assurance has, has kind of wore down or your understanding of theology is just incomplete, and you think of your your salvation not as resting on your shoulders, but as being something that could come and go the way the Holy Spirit seems to come and go from some kings in the Old Testament. That's not right, hmm. but I, I'm not prepared to say you have to have the right theology of the perseverance of the saints in order to be saved. That sounds like neo-Gnostic Calvinism uh, or something. Well, I think that maybe it's possible that the assurance is more about leaning on the promises made to him by God, and that and that you're not going to make it to the end without those, without relying on those truths, and that if it is somebody who doesn't have that, right, because he doesn't have those abilities from the from the scroll, right, and if and if and if and if he isn't looking at or or or, or trusting in and believing in the fact that you know his sins have been taken care of and that they were nailed to a cross and that right. the tomb is empty and that he is forgiven and that and that that almost to me almost suggests a little bit more of unbelief. Yeah. That's someone living in unbelief. Yeah. And 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 the unbelief isn't necessarily the personhood of Jesus Christ. It's that you're not trusting his words to you when he says you're forgiven. Yeah. I guess what I didn't like about it was and again not to be uh the devil's advocate or anything. Uh I didn't like that there's this moment where his assurance flags hmm. and that makes him super scared that he's going to wind up standing before the, the throne without his assurance. Right. And, and like, there are moments in any Christian's life where their sense of assurance is stronger or very weak and they're, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And whether you're in the former or latter when you happen to, to die, I don't think is all that important. I do get why Bunyan did exactly what he did with the story. For him to recognize... I've left this behind and I have to now trot mm. three times over this this ground that I should have only covered once and learns a lesson. Of, mm. I have to value this more than I had. Yeah. It had been uh, some reading to put him to sleep. He has to view it as far more precious than that and keep it near his heart all the time. Yeah. And, you know, every morning when he gets up and says that I put out the fire, that mm. I do this, that I, he's got to go, do I have my scroll? You know, and, and I think that maybe answers to a kind of going into your day saying to yourself, I'm saved, I'm bought by the blood of mm. Jesus, and I'm his servant today, mm. you know, and and just having some sense that you are bringing with you. Well, that it did something that would lead you to action, though, right? I mean, I mean, because because, because without it, he he decides not to take action when he sees a man, you know, about to kill another man, <laughs> you know? Now, granted, I did add that. Yeah, um, but it, it's I I think that's fitting. He doesn't even have a promise enough for himself, right? You know, you know, you know. Well, what if I get hurt? What if I? And then you'll make up the excuses. Oh, well, what if this guy's just happened? You know, this guy's getting robbed, is what it is, and he just got the, you know he just got the advantage. Yeah, I can't help uh, that. Yeah. I I don't know what's going on. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that's one of his weakness. If you, you don't know? have assurance for your own salvation, you're probably not nearly as likely to go. You're not going to be effective to your brothers. Engage somebody else, yeah. encourage somebody else, rebuke someone else, preach the gospel to someone else even. What do you give them? Right, yeah. You, know? you say, you know, I'm on very tenuous ground myself, but you could join me here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you already are, but, you know, you could join me. And then two of us would be kind of trying to balance this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, again, though, won't let himself off the hook. He bemoans his foolish sleeping continually. Uh, I have him remember the words of the man in the iron cage. 
Right. Uh, and that be a uh, kind of a uh, real fear for him and, and a moment of crisis. Is this me? Mm. Have I become the man in the iron cage? And then for him to later realize, no, that wasn't me uh, because I repented. I got my scroll. I've got it in my hand. I had that connection, you know, for that moment with the Lord. Um, I, I don't know how fitting all that is. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the text given for him bemoaning his foolish sleeping is uh, Revelation 2, 4 to 5. But I have this against you. This is Jesus. He is dictating letters and John is taking them down uh, to seven churches in Asia Minor. I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Hmm. Um, That's to a church, but you can see how this would be the sort of fear that would be on the mind of a Christian who's kind of flamed out pretty quick. Hmm. Really, really passionate at first. And then, oh, no, I've lost that first love. Hmm. What do you do in that case? I think exactly what Jesus just told you to do. Repent, yeah. you know, you know. It was a repent. softball, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 it. It reminds me a lot of the opening to Galatians. What has bewitched you? you right. Know, you know, you've you've forsaken the true gospel for this works salvation crap. You know, um, that's the message version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Mister Sagacity message version. I, I've decided to forget yeah. about the ESV. I'm going to be all about promoting yeah. the SSV, the Sagacity Standard Version. Ooh, I like that. And you're not going to respect me because coming, I'm going to change my position on it. But Coming to a uh, a Christian... Uh, what's the one that closed down? Lifeway? I didn't, I didn't, a family Christian store. I didn't land it. Yeah. Coming, you, meant, you meant to make the joke coming to a family Christian store near you. That's what I was trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good enough. It won't be. He, he bemoans that he, he spent time in this place designed to re- relieve pilgrim spirits, and there he sought carnal ease. And here's the text uh, for that one. 1 Thessalonians 5, 7-8. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having mm-hmm. put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. That's great. Mm. You, I think you referenced that. Jesus often says the same sorts of things. You know, mm-hmm. like the daytime is the time to be awake, the time for action. Yep. Uh, that's now. That's this age. Don't let down your guard mm-hmm. and get drowsy. And, you know, we even have kind of the picture of his inner circle that mm-hmm. he takes with him uh, when he goes to Gethsemane. And he goes off to pray by himself. And every time he comes back, they're sleeping. He says, can't you watch with me for even one hour? The, the, uh, the parable of the... Um what is it? The, uh, the walrus. The groom, uh, the groom party or whatever. The person who's just left behind sleeping doesn't have the, doesn't have the, uh, the oil. Oh, you're talking about the bridesmaids. The bridesmaids, yes. The, and yeah. one of them doesn't have the oil. They're left behind sleeping. Yeah. And they wake up and then they, they're too late and they're not let into the... Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, when the, the bridegroom comes mm-hmm. and he finds that some of them are ready and some of them are not, he's yeah. not going to wait. No. You, you know, oh yeah, go ahead and get it together and get your stuff together. Yeah, I understand. You were sleeping. You were tired. Yeah. And that makes it sound like, you know, like God doesn't understand when we get tired and need to... No, no. God invented sleep yep. and built into the fabric of the world a day out of seven for rest. Yep. Uh, we're talking about saying spiritually, eh, yep. I don't need to bother with this today. You know, like I, 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 I don't... I can take a day off from... Or I referenced in my message on Sunday, I was preaching on uh, the parable of the rich fool, how he was retiring and it's one of the few references to retirement in all scripture. And I, and I kind of channeled John Piper for a little bit mm. and said, you know, is it wrong to retire? Mm. Yes. Mm. If by retire, you mean leave your life of being productive and useful to your fellow humans and you know, to your brothers and sisters in Christ and to your church and, and to the kingdom, building the kingdom and ex- or extending the kingdom. And instead, uh, just the life of leisure and self-indulgence. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you mean leaving, you know, ending one chapter of life and starting another in which you also are going to be as profitable as your health and your situation allows, then no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And right. I think that's kind of the distinction here. Uh, now, he sees Moses, you know, we've all been there. You know, you're in a park, a very nice place. You see a guy with a glowing face. <laughs> beating to death yeah. someone you can't even recognize because their face is just so smashed and you don't stop them. 
But Jesus comes out and does stop him. Uh, and I had him say, peace be still. I thought that was a, a clever nod to him calming the storm, because there's mm. a storm going on in Faithful's heart and mind here, for sure. Here is a text from 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 8 and 12 to 13. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, Mm. which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. I suppose I should have had some other source of light be even brighter in the Mm. moment when he stopped him. If I could go back and do it again, I would. I mean, I can, but I'm not going to. Um, What are your thoughts on on all of that? I mean, there's a lot there. But the the letter killing, the spirit giving life, how does that look in the life of a believer? If it's about measuring yourself up to that law continually, measuring yourself up to that law, then you're going to end up looking like faithful. It's going to beat you. It's going to break you. It's going to push you down. There is no hope in it. It knows not there, how to show mercy. Yeah, there, there's there's nothing to cling to. And I think that's what he's going for here, is that this reliance on works, this reliance on this law, which, as Paul says, is this minister of death, but it's still glorious because it's important. It's that schoolmaster, you know, it leads us and it points us to where we ought to be. Um, then, then how much more glorious is this Christ figure coming to save us from this and saying that, well, I've paid for this person. This, this person's mine, not yours. You know, hands off. And then, interestingly enough, sending it to go do more work somewhere else. Still using that law. Yeah. Still, still, still using that Moses character to go push someone else into his arms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're a, a taskmaster... I want you to be a schoolmaster. Yeah, and, and go do that, and bring more people to me—the people that need your heavy hand. Uh, yeah, and and I thought that the idea of a moment—I mean, it, it plays out really fast in, mm. when you read Bunyan because uh, it's just a recollection. But for it to just be um, like, stop, okay, that's mm-hmm. it, and, and and then apparently Jesus just walks away. And Moses walks away, and Faithless just like tried to breathe, and blood bubbles are coming out of his mouth or something, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of a bleak picture. Um, for there to be a moment of, and I added again, I guess I I, I forgot some of the stuff I added. <laughs> I added Jesus taking him mm. uh, and, and washing his wounds, and kind of reaffirming him the way he reaffirms Peter. After what a beautiful he's image. Um, yeah, and, and you know we've all been there too, right? Mm. That that moment of like you you in the spirit being told, I I still love you. Mm. You're you're still my child. And you're 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 forgiven. Mm. Now don't dwell on this now because it's washed away. And for that all to happen, I thought was very important. But I also like the idea of Moses and and Jesus uh, as you know the the law and the gospel kind of in an allegorical sense. Yeah, commiserating for a moment. Yeah. Like hold on, division of labor here. Yeah, we're on the same team. You know, and and you know, you remember the last time you in the Bible you see Moses and Jesus together. Mm. They're, they're all shining. Yeah. All, <laughs> Jesus yeah. is shining far brighter than anybody. And they're all up in this Shekinah glory cloud at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. And Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, the law, the prophets, the gospels, are all, it's all together. Mm. Um, and we don't want to pit them against each other. It's the enemy that would try to, to leverage yeah. the law. Mm-hmm. So really, it should be this Moses, it's, it's hard to, to suss out. He's a good guy. Mm. And then he, you know, it almost would have worked better maybe to have the second Moses he encounters be the enemy in disguise or something. Mm. But that gets too into the weeds, I think. So then he goes, he sees the palace beautiful just at the right moment. The sun is going down. It draws, I think, inspiration from Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation. Hmm. Beautiful picture. This is the church. We'll we'll yep. get into what this all means uh, next time because that's where he, or, or in, two, in two chapters actually, that's where he'll be. On the way there though, as he sees the doors, he's on his way in, he sees the lions. 
Is your strength so small? That's a direct quote. Well, almost direct quote from Jesus in Mark 4, 40, uh, who says to them when he comes on the waves, why are you so afraid? Hmm. Have you still no faith? <laughs> and, and, you know, that's kind of a, a rebuke, a fitting rebuke after all he's seen. Is your faith still this small? And then at the same time, Jesus is saying, if your faith is the size of a mustard seed, you can do this and that and tell these mountains to go over here and cast them into the sea and all this stuff. And then finally, the porter identifies himself as watchful. And I think that is a perfect ending for this, for him to encounter a guy named Watchful, because that's kind of the solution to all of this, hmm. uh, is, is being watchful. Yeah. Uh, Mark 13, we read uh, from verses 34 to 37, it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Mm. And that, I think, is good instruction uh, for all of us and a yeah. good warning. Stay awake, be watchful, be alert. Your enemy, the roaring lion, uh, stalks about, uh, and you've got to keep on your guard Keep that scroll in your hand and close to your heart and keep on the narrow way. Thanks for listening. To support this program and for additional content and perks, visit patreon.com slash pilgrimsprogress. Make sure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and please take a moment to leave us an honest review. This recording, copyright 2022, high and silver, all rights reserved. Produced by Brad Atchison and Zachary Bartles. Theme music licensed from Pond5.com. Scripture quotations are from the ESV Bible, the Holy Bible English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of good news publishers. Used by permission, all rights reserved. For more audio experiences of my fiction, visit www.zacharybartles.com audio. And silver. Good. Check. Press.